big expansion in credit in China just when you might have thought that there was less need for it. Maybe they are so glad to be out of it all that they are spending up big time. Either way, we'll take a look whilst Italian bond prices reach new highs and yields hit hit new lows on confidence that Mario Draghi is going to pull the government together. We will find out more on that today. A fall in the Australian business conditions in the NAB business survey yesterday. And US inflation today, just as talk of future inflation, driven by all the extra money, continues to lead the debate over Biden's stimulus package. It's Wednesday, the 10th of February. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. stocks can't go up forever, can Well, maybe the Nasdaq can, because that's still up. That's another 0.2% up today, but the Dow and the S&P are fairly flat. Only small movements in Europe, except, well, we've got 0.3% fall in the DAX and a 1.4% fall on the IBEX 35. Treasury yields are down, two basis points off 10 years. We've seen four basis points off 10 years in Australia, too, but five basis points higher in New Zealand, 1.41% now, quite a bit higher than the rest of the world, it's fair to say. The U.S. dollar is down again on the DX. XY losing 0.4%, third day in a row that it's fallen, while the euro is up almost half a percent. The Aussie 0.3% up, recovering uh, most of the losses we saw at the tail end of last month. And oil up a little more, almost uh, another 1% to Brent and 0.7% for WTI. So Ray Attrell is head of FX strategy at NAB in Sydney. Let's start in China today, though, uh, Ray, because late in the day we saw uh, yesterday an increase in new loans, a big step up from uh, 1.3 trillion yuan in December to 3.6 trillion in January. And you would have thought, you know, as the virus concerns ease, you'd expect it to be going the other way around, unless, you know, are they ramping up massive production? I mean, what's what's driven this change? Well, morning, Phil. Yeah, no, certainly since um, since the Australian market went home yesterday, I think it is the most significant news. Um, you know, it certainly wasn't been, wasn't lot. The news wasn't lost on some markets, but as you say, that broadest measure of credit growth um, up what over five trillion won in the month. Um, that was up from one point seven trillion um, the previous month, and then four point six billion expected. Um, so new one loans also what three point six trillion, a little higher than expected. Yeah. Interestingly, the money supply numbers are a little bit softer. So that is consistent with what we know in the last couple of weeks. That well, last couple of months, should I say? Um, the Chinese authorities trying to sort of you know ease back the throttle a little bit as far as um, you know monetary policy is concerned. But um, you know the credit figures speak otherwise, and then it's clear that. Um, you know, the, the credit numbers juice not just the Chinese economy, but um, bits of the global economy. So uh, very interesting that the the strongest reaction that we saw was actually in the euro dollar exchange rate. And so you're trying to work out the logic and say, well, you know, if these numbers imply that um, the Chinese authorities are doing nothing really to damp down the vigor of the economic recovery, who benefits most from that? Well, it's the countries that uh, export the most to China. And uh, Germany stands out in the Western Hemisphere, at least, as the country that would probably benefit most from ongoing strength in Chinese demand fueled by credit. So um, there are other factors as well uh, behind the euro, which we can come to. But um, yes, so so mm. very good news. Um, you know, good news for Australia in some sense as well. Um so it's onwards and upwards as far as, uh, you know, money makes the world go round or credit makes the world go round in this case. And uh, undeniably strong numbers. But is this, we were seeing the wine, you know, steadily rising over the last six months. So is this going to push up prices even more? And, you know, what about uh, what does that mean for inflation concerns? You know, because we've been talking about the you know inflation concerns in the United States. But if uh, if we see and we get China's CPI today, but if we if, if we see the cost of uh, of products exported 
out of uh, China increasing, then that could mean inflation for the rest of the world, couldn't it? Well, ultimately, yes. And, uh, you know, one of the things we'll look at today is producer prices. They tend to be a good Mm. lead indicator for um, inflation pressures in the rest of the world, although they are very sensitive to commodity prices. So the fact that we've seen things like oil prices, you know, back on the rise, you were talking about $60 Brent yesterday for the first time in uh, since the, mm. the, the, before the pandemic, obviously. Um, and those PPI numbers are expected to come in a, and positive at last. And we've had several months of negative numbers. Uh, I think plus 0.3 year on year is, is the expectation from minus 0.4. But, you know, put it in context, plus 0.3 year on year is hardly you know knocking on the door of hyperinflation is it so we should uh, and no. cpi inflation is actually expected to fall back to zero from uh, from plus point two so you know in that sense i don't think uh, there's any real read through to to rising inflation pressures which you know obviously in other parts of the world you know becoming evident and, and you know no more so than in new zealand yeah. where we saw inflation expectations um you know up by almost 0.5 percent in, in yesterday's uh, surveys and, and knocking on the door of 2%, which is exactly the RBNZ's target. Right. Okay. Hence the increase in bond yields today then, presumably. Yes, I think so. Yeah. So also, obviously, the inflation that we've been seeing in the United States, or the concerns about it, I should say, I mean, uh, I'm just wondering whether that is actually going to delay getting this stimulus through, uh, because, you know, there's increasing talk about it. Uh, of course, we get the, if, if we got the, I, I know it's it's too early to actually see it reflected in real numbers, but we get inflation numbers today. If we see inflation rising anyway, and then you've got the argument that, you know, in the midst of recovery, people start spending their savings and jobs come back, and then you've got stimulus on top of that. I mean, that's the argument, isn't it? That that could be the perfect storm. If we see inflation's already rising, I mean, then that could add fuel to that argument, couldn't it? Well, certainly. I think it's a problem, though, that central banks, no more so than the US, would would dearly love to have, as would uh, Mm. Phil Lowe, the RBA governor. Um, So, but, you know, today's inflation numbers expected in the US to be around 1.5%, so still well short of the 2% target. Um, The Fed has has long flagged that there will be a pickup as we go through into the the spring and the summer in the Northern Hemisphere, largely from base effects. But, um, But yes, just looking at the numbers, think about the you know the Biden fiscal stimulus plan 1.9 trillion dollars um 900 billion already agreed last year um you put those together i was calculating yesterday what the us budget deficit as a share of gdp could look like in 2021 if uh, if that 1.9 trillion gets over the line and we're talking about 25% of gdp or thereabouts so yeah, yeah. you know the amount of yeah. cash that is going to be there to be splashed um you know the implications for inflation are you know potentially obvious but again these are you know effectively one off cash handouts um and therefore mm. you know the, the the impact that they may have on inflation you know could be inherently temporary so you know yeah. giving people cash to go and uh, and spend down here the joke was always that um, the rudd um, cash handouts you know effectively benefited harvey norman and the pokies yeah, more flat than screen anything else. tvs absolutely um, yeah but they but didn't all... create a permanent impact on inflation so uh, the inflation concerns yeah. are there the debate is there i think you were, you were talking about it with um with tapas and, and rodrigo earlier in the week um you know the view of janet mm. yellen the treasury secretary as well if we got inflation you know we've got all the tools available to to deal with that i think she 
perhaps thought she yeah. was in the um, the Eccles building running the Fed, not the Treasury. Because, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure they've got the levers. She the can treasury. call them up. She can call them up. Even though they're, they're independent, of course. Of course, you know, but yes. she can still call them up. Uh, the, um, so what about Mario Draghi? You're talking about central bankers now in, uh, in, in, in political positions. Thank you for the segue. Uh, what about Mario Draghi? Is it, you're talking about, you know, the, the strength in the euro today. Is that part of it? Because there is a fair bit of confidence, isn't it, that he's going to pull together his new cabinet. In fact, I think today is the day he's supposedly going to propose it. Uh, and then uh, he goes and reports back to the the president, Sergio Mattarella, and uh, sometime Wednesday, their time, I think. Um, and, you know, it looks like, you know, bond yields are continuing to fall, in fact, to record lows. No, absolutely. And uh, again, we've said a couple of times in, in the last week or so, if you look at the spread between Italian government bonds and the German uh, benchmark equivalent, uh, we're down to about um, 1% at the moment. Um, you know, when those spreads fall, um, which does imply sort of greater confidence in, in Italy in particular, the euro does tend to benefit from that. And that does seem to be exactly what's happening at the moment. Um, you know, just reading up what, what, what uh, Draghi has uh, has said overnight. I mean, he's talking about making a common EU budget a priority. So obviously, we've had some moves towards fiscal union, if you like, with the EU recovery fund. Uh, he clearly wants to, to push on that uh, on that door. Um, and he's talking about uh, the fact that, you know, Italy's share of the recovery fund is what, a little over 200 billion euros. Euros, yeah, and then the priority billion. there yeah. will be investment and fiscal reform. So that really is music, I think, to the to the market's ears. Mm. So um, you know, watch this space. But uh, certainly some encouraging signs there, and uh, the euro has pretty much uh, outperformed every other currency. So I think that plus the read through from the strong. Uh, China credit numbers on on German exports it explains the relative strength of the euro. Yeah, so that the the only stumbling block I think is the five star movement have said that they want their member base to decide through an online vote. So they're gonna they're gonna apply democracy to this whole process. That's uh, uh, that, that, that that could get in the way. Democracy, the scourge look, uh, in of so a, many countries. I know. Imagine, good lord, in uh, southern Europe. Now look in Australia, uh, more business confidence in the NAB business survey for January yesterday. We're, we're seeing companies employing more people or re-employing more people, hopefully. But but we had a fall in business conditions. Yes, but remember that um, you know this is the January survey, and it would have uh, been impacted by the the lingering lockdowns that we had in. In, uh, in parts of uh, Sydney and also in Victoria. So that's why conditions have fallen back. So I think for this particular survey, it's the rising confidence that uh, we should focus on up to 10 from four. And even that falling conditions, um, you know, to seven from 14 still leaves, you know, both readings well above average. So that's positive. We've seen things like capacity utilization rising from uh, 80.8 to 81. So that's the sort of positive signal, potentially at least, for things like investment mm. and hiring. Um, retail wholesale mining, business services, all uh, showing relative strength during the month with things like construction. And as you would expect, recreational services, obviously negatively impacted by the, lo- the lockdown, sort of dragging the chain a little yep. bit. But overall, uh, you know, reasonably positive. And uh, Westpac's consumer confidence numbers are out uh, this morning. They took a hit in January, of course. And Bradley Jones, head of RBA's international uh, international department, uh, is uh, giving an address on a statement on monetary policy at the Australian Business Economists Forecasting Conference. Actually, about now, I think but, he's uh, talking. I think it is. I think I've got it at uh, 7.50 uh, Sydney time, so probably a little right. bit after we... Uh, you know, we broadcast, we're broadcasting this at the moment anyway. Um, you know, I mean, the, uh, given what the RBA's told us last week through Phil Lowe's speech, the statement of monetary policy, et cetera, et cetera, I doubt we're going mm. to learn uh, learn too much more at least, but uh, certainly the market will be on the lookout and uh, not sure whether there'll be any Q&A there, but um, 
anyway, a little bit uh, a little bit of interest in that. But I think the consumer confidence numbers more important, as you say, dipped last month because of the lockdown. So markets, I guess, will be will be looking for a yeah. bounce back. There. And look, just a, a one parting note: if we want any sign of how fearful the UK is about this South African strain of the virus getting in, uh, they are now pushing ahead with their hotel quarantine. So if you come from the uh, travellers from what they're calling the red countries, which includes South Africa, you are going to have to go into hotel quarantine. What a great idea! Why didn't they think of that before? Uh, has that been tried anywhere in the world? I wonder. Uh, and uh, look, if you uh, if you lie about where you've come from, uh, you could get a much longer quarantine, aged up to ten years in jail. Wow, they're saying. So, so that should sort I don't it out. It's as good as it is at the Four Seasons. Yeah, ten years at the Four Seasons. So long as you can use the pool, that would be, I'd be very happy with that. Anyway, that'll do for today. Good to talk, Ray. Catch you again soon. Thanks, Phil. Four Seasons. Just uh, talk to the accounts department about how much money you owe us. That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then. <laughs> 